What's up, guys? Welcome to the Rebuild Stronger podcast, where we talk about all things powerlifting, strength, sport, business, and life. Hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we've got on our head coach at Rebuild Stronger, Wyatt Christensen. And when we first decided to start doing some of these episodes with the team, we were going to focus on like the coach and their backgrounds and those sorts of things. But I'm going to I'm going to introduce a bit of a twist to it today. And I want you to get to know Wyatt through one of our clients, uh, Karen Kiley. She just competed this past weekend, went seven for nine, had an absolute blast. Uh, and I want to explore kind of her journey. She's been with us for three years now, Wyatt, I believe. Yeah, yeah. She she came on just over three years ago. She celebrated that with us. So I think, I think I've been client. working with her for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Long time client, massive transformation uh, through the training process. So I really want to kind of recap that and you know, the, the decisions that we've made as coaches to kind of illustrate what one of the things we preach about so much, the coach athlete relationship, why it's so important, but also just kind of give you guys an, an understanding of how, why it operates, how we operate and, and, you know, kind of what our, our clients go through. So why let's kick it off. Um, I guess the, the best thing to do here is introduce Karen. Like it's been a three-year journey. I remember the very beginning, you and I talked about it the other day after our uh, pregame meet call for her. Uh, so give me like, give me the recap of what you remember from when Karen first started. So, of course, I, I was just an intern three years ago when she first joined the team. So I wasn't having really many interactions at that point. But then I think about a year later um, was when you brought me on and we started co-coaching her. And some of my first impressions were just some like timid, 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 there we go, timidness. <laughs> um, and just almost a lot of like worry and training, overthinking, um, wanting to just, you know, wanting to know what was right, what was wrong and worrying about every little aspect. Um, and a lot of times I remember the feedback early on was, hey, you can go heavier. You can push yourself more. I know there's more in the tank. And now I, I think this has been the biggest 180 on the team that I have seen, like, as Karen's told us and constantly shares with us, like, she has her own business now. She is coaching her own clients. She is 52 and hitting all-time PRs, hitting huge total PRs, has confidence, is, like, eager to learn in the gym, communicates as good or better than anyone else on the team, um, and just has so much more enthusiasm and energy and intent within her training and coaching process. Well, and just to add a little bit of color from like square one, square one, when I first met, met Karen, you're right. The, the timid is probably a good word, but she had a lot of like legit concerns around previous injuries. Uh, she had constantly been getting work on her neck done on kind of like the, the mid range of her shoulder blades through that area and her low back. So she really had a lot of people telling her like lifting these sorts of things, like they could be harmful. They could be this. You got to be really careful. Uh, and those narratives were like really prevalent, but now, I mean, she broke the seal in 
in our call the other day. So I'll, I'll go ahead and free us and, and break the seal. Now she's like a full blown fuck it attitude. It's like, no, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to lift heavy weights. I feel better than I have in the last decade of my life. And like the, the word that I would use now to describe Karen is empowered just through, like you said, through everything that she's doing in her business, in her life, in her personal relationships. And it all really stemmed from at first the journey in the gym. But one thing she stated really specifically is when you guys really started that two year journey, you basically like completely retooled her squat. What did that process look like? And like, how did you explore that with her, especially with somebody that, you know, we both and her herself is identified at the time as kind of timid, like really, really focused on like what's right or wrong. How did you navigate that process? So I really just encouraged her to prove herself wrong. Like the pro programming wise, it was, all right, we're going to explore different positions. We're going to try all these different things. I remember for probably like six months, we were doing a max effort cycle where she was doing some sort of max effort squat every two weeks um, and just gaining all this confidence. Like, oh, I don't have to be like in this perfect low bar position, perfectly set up, perfect breath to get lift heavy weight. I can do it with an SSB. I can do it with an arrow stance. I can do it to a box. Um, so it was just bit by bit, slowly like proving her doubts wrong. And then also at the same time, just exploring all the different movement patterns till we found the one that was like, Hey, th this seems to work really well. This is where we're hitting depth. Cause even a year ago at her last meet before this one, um, depth was still a little more iffy. Um, she got called at her opener a year ago. This time, uh, opener was clear, clear. All three of them were clear depth actually. Um, and just all the confidence in the world, but it came from a lot of this slowly, slowly getting her to prove herself wrong and in telling her too that, Hey, I have confidence. You, I know you can do this. And when a coach has confidence in an athlete, the athlete tends to start to feel more confident in themselves. It's that violation of expectations, but it's really important. And I, I want to point out like a really key aspect here. If, if people aren't pulling out this one piece, it's not, Hey, you need to do this. Like you just, it, just, just do it. I hear, you know, that happens a lot with coaching um, and, you know, people will, will walk away, not necessarily feeling super heard, but instead it's like one of the key pieces that, that Wyatt said here is I helped her. And she she basically proved proved to herself different. It it wasn't like oh let me give you all the explanations as to why like this sort of thing works and this is the way it's supposed to be. Like you've got to put the athlete in a position for them to start figuring some of this shit out on their own. And it's 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 literally like leading with questions, but you're doing it with a strength and conditioning program. Like yeah, she's gonna come into the gym and be like. Uh, man, can I, can I do that today? It doesn't seem so far off. It's, it's tangible. It's right there, but man, there's at least a question. And then she goes to get the answer. Which is yeah. Really and, cool. and to give an even better example of it. So I think it was, it was 13 days out from this current me. I get a message in the morning from her. Hey, sumo, it doesn't feel like it's automated. I'm thinking too much conventional because as you know, you and I both will keep conventional and sumo 
in the mix for a good amount of time. I was keeping conventional in for her on her day four. She's like, it's automated. I feel like I can just walk up to the bar and pick it up. And so at 13 days out, we made the decision to switch from sumo, which we'd been tr training as a priority for three months. This was her call, but because of all the communication and the history, I trust her with it. We switched to conventional and she goes and matches her, her lifetime PR, a weight class down from when she last hit it. And that also led to a 17 and a half kilo total PR and a 15 points added to her dots like just but it was her call and that was again because we developed this relationship like Karen as I said before she communicates basically like no other on the team you and I know about her lifting uh her coaching other journeys that she's taken in life like she, she tells us all about those things because all those things matter and it just lets us do our job better. And so when she told me that, a lot of people, I would have been like, I don't know about doing this. Her, I was like, I, I thought for maybe 30 seconds, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And lo and behold, she matches her all-time deadlift. And like in in those particular cases, because com communication is so high, right? Like, what's the harm in it? And I think a lot of people were like, well, you know, you, you can you can push back and you can be like, well, three months. We we trained this for three months. Like, what are you thinking? And I understand that in certain circumstances. But when the athlete comes to you and they're like, hey, look, this is this is on. I like I feel like it is, and you've built that trust. Literally saying no and trying to justify your own thought process is is, is just going to erode trust. And let me double down on that really quick. Let's actually look at the meat. So she goes three for three on squat. Absolutely smashes squat, right? Yeah, five kilo all-time PR. Bench. Yeah, and, and like you said, I honestly, I think she took the third one deeper than she did the other three. I mean, she just absolutely smashed that weight. Um, then she missed her second and second bench and second deadlift. And in reality, like, the second bench didn't come down with great confidence just coming out of the rack. So it was just, you know, make the adjustment, but deadlift, the second deadlift, there was a lack of aggression there and it really only got to her knees. And like, when you see that you go, Ooh, that's going to be hard to come back from. And she came back on both. And a lot of that actually came from her own trust and not just, and I want to be really clear here not just the trust that she had in in you as her coach and, and us as a team, but also herself. Like there was no – when you watch her walk out for that third deadlift, it's like, well, she's got this one. It's it's not – it's like, okay, here, here we go. Because that trust is vital. That trust actually does turn into performance. And I, A, I commend you for not like – arguing tooth and nail about the switch from sumo to conventional because a pull's a pull's a pull's a pull's a pull. Uh, but you you see like third tier results, that, 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 that tertiary result that a lot of people I don't think actually take, take into account when it comes to those kinds of relationships. Yeah, for sure. I mean, had I pushed for sumo just because we had been training it, it would have easily been, like she said, overthinking too much. And if we're in a scenario, like if any of you out there missed a second attempt, it's a weird feeling. I've only done it once, but it, it doesn't feel right to miss a second. It feels 
understandable to miss a third. But when you miss a second, there's this like sudden feeling of like worry, all these emotions come at you because one, you have to decide, okay, how and why did I miss that? Am I going to repeat it? Am I going to go up? Like, what's the plan there? And then you still have to go do the same or more weight after. Um, and it can be like just mentally very, very challenging. So had I can like pulled it or not pulled the trigger and like stuck with sumo probably would have been bad on my part, but then we didn't hold conventional and it was just automated. Like, you know, we had, we had a little mess up in the second, but the third, she came out and she just, she stood up with it. That was all she had to do. She said, there was like no cue. She just, I stay, I go out there. I set my hands and I pick it up and she did it. And it also gave her ownership, you know, having, um, having that level of, of ownership helps a ton. Cause you mentioned, you know, the emotions after missing a second attempt. I think, you know, I've missed a second on numerous occasions. And the first thought is like, shit, I got one chance now. Like, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to figure out? And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually anticipate Karen to have this thought process. Uh, but as a coach, you always worry if you do have that pushback, the first thing is like, I fucking told him, I told him this didn't feel good. I told him this wasn't, you know, where, where I felt in the groove and when a, you have a conversation around it and make sure it's the right call. And the athlete has trust and belief in it. It also puts it so that the ownership in that moment is solely on them. The action is solely on them. And that's where it should be. That's where it should be. Cause that's the only way for them to actually persevere and get past that difficult part because now they own it. She's able to step up and say, I chose this. I got to go out there and I got to grip it and rip it and make this thing go because this is, it's my pull. It's my pull. And you could tell the way she walked out. I mean, that's exactly how she felt. Oh yeah. Just an air of confidence around her and that ownership. It really goes back to training too. It's not just meet day. Like I always try to encourage everyone I work with on the team. Like, Hey, I, I want your input. I want to know, what are the things you are enjoying right now? What are you hating about training? What is something you think is going to work? Because like if an athlete has some buy-in or they're just like, yeah, you know, every time I do this, I just, I feel good and I enjoy training more. Well, fuck it. Let's do it. Who cares what my theoretical plan is? Like I want to do what's going to get you in the gym. What's going to encourage you to train hard and consistently. And if that's off from what my general idea of what a good strength conditioning program is screw it so be it like that ownership of like having a part in your own program i think is hugely vital for athletes and is overlooked all right so here here's the time this is nuance hour this is what we're gonna do because this is the pushback that i hear right well when i hear stuff like that i just assume that coaches like you guys just let people willy-nilly run the program and make their own choices. And like, there's no attention to detail. It's just like, yeah, whatever you want to do. And like that, I want to make it really clear. That's not the case. It's not the case at all. Uh, in, in many cases, it's the attention to detail is actually very high. We're just very tuned in from a communication standpoint that we can also bob and weave with the details when it comes to their own personal lives and those sorts of things. And I know this happened multiple times with Karen. Um, so like elaborate on that piece a little bit, because I, I think we can always talk about this stuff, but I want to get into some of the tangible, like detail oriented things that you really focused on with her, 
especially in the off season. You didn't sit there and say, okay, we got to work on depth. So it's competition squat for singles and back downs ad nauseum for the next six months. Like from a detail standpoint, what, what did you guys focus on and what did you kind of hold into the program with her feedback on it? Yeah. So this off season, like specifically for squat depth, we'll just kind of stick with that subject. There were like two main things I wanted to work. One was just like, I know everyone goes this way. I'm not the hugest proponent of it, but I did want to work on stronger quads. So we did a lot more, any squat that was sort of upright. She also had great access to machines. So like we were hammering like hack squats, leg extensions, um, just anything with really deep knee flexion. But then too, I probably, I had a good morning at least once a pro, once a week in her program for probably like 80% of the last year. <laughs> some sort of good morning just building up that posterior chain and at first she was like I, like not feeling not feeling it with them like and, and it's tough because one good mornings are just a hard awkward exercise it's an rdl but you can't get away with rounding your back the same way and it's a lot more bracing and just back work in my opinion and but that's why it's good because if you round in a squat that bar is going to roll forward on you um but anyway so we kept a lot of good morning work in there and just slowly bit by bit like we start out like you know pin good mornings they feel a little safer um able to do them a little, little more confidence just having those pins there like hey i'm not gonna let the bar crush my neck and then you slowly take those things away you you know you add a belt or you do it on the ssb you start doing it twice a week or something like that and it, it just slowly like karen was like oh went from not liking them to okay, I like these good mornings. Like I feel them working and they end up building her squat and her deadlifts. But then too, it was just like with bringing her input in, she's telling me like all the new machines her gym got. And she's like, Hey, I, I want to try out some of these. So I'm like, all right, how, how can I fit these into what I want to do for her? And so like when they did get the hack squat, that one was easy. It was like, all right, I need some quad work anyway. And I hate doing goblet squats for everyone. Let's do some actual hack squats because they'll load it way better. Um, but then other things like, you know, you, you just, you fit them where you can. And then when they don't fit in the plan, it's like, Hey, you know, we're not going to do these right now, but if you really do want to do them, like these are an exercise you just love to do. Let's do them. Like after the next meet, let's do them when we don't have anything to prioritize. But right now for this goal, I don't think it fits. So it, it's a little like you're going to allow, allow some like, like parenting you allow the kid to do some things but you also like you have a firm stopping point where it's like hey that's not like goal right now we're not going to go to that but maybe at another point or at a different time when our goals are different we can incorporate that i love it you know you're gonna make me talk about good mornings now right oh i i was hoping you would <laughs> you know i'm gonna talk about good mornings because like good mornings in the last year have probably become one of my favorite staple exercises in a program. And you can talk about, you know, building up the weakness of the posterior chain, the low back, the hips, the hamstrings, the upper back, uh, a, a lot of the actual like physical benefits. Uh, but there's also, there's also the one, you know, Dave Tate says, cause I'm a big, I'm a big brain function guy. I'm a big like motor learning guy when it comes to these sorts of things yeah. and your your brain learns from error and a lot of people don't recognize like okay cool if you keep losing a squat forward 
and you're somebody like, and I'm going to use Karen as a really good example, who's got super long femurs. So her margin for error, like she's going to kick stuff forward more often and she's going to get just because of the torso angle that's going to be required for her to squat. It's not going to be like me. It's not going to be like your five foot seven guy with, with short femurs. I can sit straight down in a squat. That's fine. Good mornings are great for that moment where you go, oh shit, in the squat when the bar comes forward, which invariably for all of us, it's going to. And it's not just building the the weaknesses there. It's not just making that a strength, but it's also given the option of like, oh, I know what to do now. I've been here before. I've been here before with some extreme weight. That's not a problem. Cool. Uh, so I, I just, I, I think they're a, bril- a brilliant exercise that are vastly underutilized and shout out to Karen. Cause I know your experience. Like I remember starting off as a 700 plus pound squatter with 135 pound good mornings and them not feeling comfortable. So yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I understand that feeling. And then it clicks and you're like, Whoa, we can go nuts through these things. Um, I, I I like the recap of that journey because it's not just a, you know, we always talk about it not being a straight line. We always talk about it not being just straight bar work and, and comp singles and those sorts of things. Like we're also talking about somebody who's been training with us for three years. And like, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't see an end in sight We're we're talking about making a choice between USAPL and the Arnold or, you know, powerlifting America so she can go to IPF worlds. Like she, she really has some, some large lofty goals. And I, you know, I I personally think she can achieve them, but you know, this is, this is a long-term athlete development. This this is not, this is not a, you know, get, get your first meet under your belt, do this, do that. Like, okay, cool. You're done with the sport. Like you're out. One of the, one of the key pieces and I want you to touch on this too, because I know it's part of our communication, but man, when we did that, that pre-meet call, her energy was infectious. She was so excited and was having so much fun that I wanted, like I had already lifted that day. And I wanted to go lift again and that would have been a mistake. But like, the exact same thing. <laughs> Bro, I wanted to go lift so bad. I was like, oh, my God, she's got me hype. But, again, the statistic is most people get into powerlifting. They get into strength sports. They're in it for just under three years, and they leave. She's more excited now, three years, than when she first started. How? I mean, like you conveyed communication, but I think it's not just like, as your day going, like how's training going? It's being open. Like Karen has expressed very, very deep emotions to me at times. Um, like there have been extremely tough days she's gone through. Like life happens. It's stressful. It takes away. And she lets me know that. And not just like letting me know, like um, Karen has cried in front of me. And that is something you know, I, I don't think most exercise science students are prepared for that. I was very fortunate enough to have some like classes that went over how important behavior changes. And so I'm really appreciative of that, but just realizing like 
there is so much more than just communicating, hey, the numbers on the sheet, the RPE, all that stuff. It's like, no, what what are you feeling? Like, what is going on in your life? How are you processing it? How are you dealing with it? Those were the biggest factors in just building up this relationship. Um, and just, you know, not not only communicating at the end of the week too. Like, I probably get a message from Karen at least every other day, like three to four times a week minimum. Um, probably most of the time, five or six days in a row. Like there might be one or two where I hear nothing from her because nothing's going on. Uh, but no, it, it's just, and, and it takes time. I think that's the other thing people don't appreciate is you're not going to develop that with someone in a 12 week prep. I mean, maybe there are a few out there who could, or maybe they're friends beforehand, but it really does take a long time to have that kind of relationship between a coach and an athlete. And you can't rush it. Like it, it just has to build on its own. And the way you do that is, you know, continual communication, being gradually more and more open, asking questions beyond lifting, learning about the person. Uh, I, I think the biggest part is that for the coach is just ask, get to know who you're working with. Don't just program numbers like anyone can program numbers. It's a whole different thing to actually get to know a person, know their personality what they stand for, what their beliefs are, why they're doing this sport. Like what, what are they, what are they seeking to get out of the sport? What are they currently getting out of it? What are their lifelong goals? Like, and what is the sport teaching? I, I think those are all important conversations to have with yourself and have with clients over time. Um, Cause I mean, I myself, I've been lifting 11 years now and like, I've had those conversations with them. Like, why am I doing this? Why, why is this the one consistent thing for the over last decade of my life? And so getting that with your clients, I think is probably one of the most important things you can do for just long-term development as an athlete, as a coach, and just, it, it's going to build them up. Like if all you care about is the numbers on the sheet, go have them for, you know, six to 18 months, then they'll leave. But, uh, it, it's got to be client oriented. You, you got to care about the person. You can't just think of them as a number. Well, I think the other thing too, it, it's always good to have an outside perspective. And I think it's one of the things that's uh, underutilized in coaching and that's celebrating because we're always, you know, exercise science, physical therapy degrees, like whatever, you know, we're always told like, don't, don't, don't be a cheerleader, right? Don't just rah, rah, good job. Because there's not a whole lot of value there, right? Like if, if if you send us a video for feedback and we say, oh, everything looks great, great job, thumbs up, emojis, like that's bullshit. We don't want that. But getting people to or, or helping them understand what celebrations they can have throughout life. You know, Karen, the one that comes up to, to mind for me is just how she's come out of her shell and become such a leader like she's got people walking up to her in the gym now, like, holy crap, you're strong. Oh, Jesus. Like you're like, what are you doing? Like what, what, like what everybody's asking her these questions and she's positioned herself in a, in a frame of leadership and that has to be celebrated. And a lot of people don't take that opportunity to, to give them, help them find the perspective on celebration. Like, Hey, that, that means a lot. That's really significant. You should own that. Like, that's badass. Let's go. Because 
helping them see those sorts of things. Most the human brain's wired to focus on negativity. It's wired for it. And there's, I mean, you know, the paper I'm going to reference now, it takes five to seven positive experiences to overcome one experience that's negative in your brain. We, as coaches, it is really our responsibility, program numbers, all that kind of stuff, but also to help them see those five to seven experiences every time they step into the gym or every week they train, as opposed to that, didn't hit my squat number today. I didn't hit my squat number today. I didn't hit this. I didn't do that. Well, what did you do? What did you do? And and now Karen's at the point where like, she doesn't care if she squatted five pounds less than last week. Like she well understands now that her training, like there's a separation between training and performance. She realizes her goal is to perform on meet day. You're still going to perform well on some training days and some days you're not going to perform as well. But regardless, you're still going to train and you're going to train hard. And she does that extremely well. And she auto-regulates. She's just like, when shit happens and it is a tough day, she's going to be like, all right, you know, take a little weight off the bar, do what's appropriate for the RPE. Or sometimes she surprises herself and she's like, oh, I hit this despite all this crap going on in life. Um, but no, she, she's done incredible at that. And it's, again, just it takes time. Three years ago, she wouldn't have been able to do that. But now she's got the confidence in her own decision-making to do that and the ability to not be so worried about what the weight on the bar is for today. Yeah, man. I love it. And just because of that mentality, you're never going to see an Instagram post from her that's like, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys today. I didn't didn't, didn't show up on meet day the way I thought it was going. Like, I hate those posts, man. Get them out of here. I hate them. Anyway, Wyatt, where can people find you on Instagram and, and everywhere else? Uh, Instagram, wolf underscore pack underscore strength. That is hopefully my future gym. Uh, and hopefully my ass. Hey, hey, let's <laughs> talk about celebrations, right? Like we're, that is, that is what the gym is going to be. Yes. Once the master's degree is over and I have more money. Oh, we're going to do that. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. That's coming. Um, Elsewhere, I guess, if you want to email me, I think the link's in uh, the Instagram, but it's wolfbackstrengthgym at gmail.com. I already took out the gym tag, so I guess I have to do it. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I'm not really anywhere else. We, of course, have the website. I uh, have some blog posts up there. And, yeah, that's that's really about it. Yep, that's rebuildstrongeronline.com uh, for any of Wyatt's blog posts or my blog posts. Uh, Wyatt, I appreciate you coming on, kind of outlining, uh, you know, what, what you've gone through with Karen and, and her development. Shout out to Karen Cliley. I'll tag you in here. Um, she's awesome. If you want somebody to follow on Instagram, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, she, she's absolutely fun to watch lift. Uh, and if you resonated with this, if you thought, wow, that seems really cool. You can hit up either Wyatt or I and inquire about coaching. We've got open slots available and would love to have you on the team. Uh, you can find me at John, was it John dot rebuild stronger? I can't even remember anymore, but I if think, you're listening I to this, so you know now. my Instagram. So at that point, either way, Wyatt, appreciate you. Till next time. Till next time. Peace. See ya. What's up rebuilders. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. 
Also, leave a rating that helps people like you find the show and reach more people. Appreciate you. See you at the next one.